Will you pray with me? God, I ask that I can hide behind the cross so that only the cross will be seen. I ask that your voice be made large and mine small so that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts might be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The last chapel of the semester. You know, the last chapel of the semester is always a special time because we start to reminisce and think about all the things that have happened, not just during this year. You know, the last chapel always makes you think about the graduating class. And so you try to pull together remembrances over the years. And I'm no different, and I'm going to do a little bit of nostalgia. And my memory comes from a travel seminar. Now, as you know, no one does travel seminars better than Truett. Some of you know that, and some of you are yet to learn this. Whether it is the spirituality travel seminar with Dr. Glower, or whether it is the Wilhite Stroop trek across northern Africa, or whether it is the Holy Land pilgrimage with Dr. Still. My memory is from the Holy Land pilgrimage. Now, I want to to give you a, a picture of what it was like on a typical day. We would get up and we would go out to the bus, and our bus had a sign on it, still Baylor, so that we would always know that we were still Baylor. But this morning, we went to the Mount of Transfiguration. It was a clear, crisp morning. And so you could see for miles. Dr. Still has a habit. When we get to a place, he has us read the relevant biblical text. And this morning, we kept to our habit. And someone read the story of the transfiguration. And we looked out and we saw this marvelous view. And we can understand why Peter would say, let's build some booths here. We can set up the first religious theme park. You know, think of the view. We can sell condos. You know, it can really work out. But that's not the way the story ended, did it? They couldn't stay there, and neither could we. We were tourists and pilgrims, and we had to move on. 
like the disciples, we were on our way to Jerusalem. By the time you get to Mark 13, you're already in Jerusalem. Remember, in chapter 11, you had the magnificent entry into Jerusalem. Wow, we could stay here, couldn't we? A few days ago, we had a parade. It wasn't probably as auspicious as the parade in Mark 11. I'm talking about the parade for the Lady Bears when they celebrated the most recent NCAA number one. That parade. Can you imagine being in the, in the crowd on that day? Can you imagine the exuberance, the sense of something special is here. This is a wonderful place to be. We just want to be here. Mark 13. And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. Man, it makes you want to just stay here. I want you to take a moment and just look around. Look at the windows. Gorgeous windows. Now, pay attention to the, to the banners. These are tremendous banners. The organ. Have you ever noticed the organ? My first trip to Truett, one of the things that I remember most clearly was this chapel. It's a magnificent space for worship. It gets you thinking, wow, this is a great place to be. Can't we just stay here? As I was thinking of this, a song came into my head. Now, I'm going to give you just a little bit of my story to set up this song here. I went to Jefferson Township High School in Dayton, Ohio. Now, a township high school meant you were out in the county. Y'all know what the county is? You know, beyond the city limits. Now, I am not an old person. But I was one of the first folks in Dayton in an integrated school. Now, integration did all sorts of interesting things for music. You can imagine what integration is going to do to music. And at Jefferson Township, we had three, maybe four musical styles. We had 
the rock and roll kids. Now, I don't want to make it sound like that's all that adventuresome in Jefferson Township. That was sort of the default, the rock and roll kids, and they listened to their own sort of station, okay? And then we had the folk rock peace kids. They didn't have a radio station. You know, that was part of the the cachet of that position. You had to listen to records because they never played these on the regular station. And then there was WDAO FM radio in Dayton, Ohio. Soul music. Now this was back before old school was old school. It was just the school. I'm sure there was probably a group of Jefferson Township students who listened to country and western, but they were such a small minority, they didn't let folks know that they did that. So these groups sort of framed my musical taste with a little bit of extra spice, you know, My mom always, on every Saturday afternoon, after the house was clean, she would put on jazz. Miles Davis, maybe a little Nina Simone, Dave Brubeck and Stan Getz. To this very day, I associate jazz with relaxation. However, in 1983... I took my first sabbatical to an exotic place, Texas. And from 1983 to this very day, I have been in and out of Texas. And you know, Texas will change even your musical taste. I'm going to tell you something that I know you won't share with anybody else. When I thought of this, how nice it is to be here, at the same time as you can't stay here, I was pushed to a song, not by Nancy Wilson, but by Gretchen Wilson, okay? Many of you don't know who Gretchen Wilson is. Interesting singer. Interesting singer. I don't know that she's Baptist. But one of her songs is, it's titled, You Don't Have to Go Home. She describes a bar. No, I have to, being a good Texas Baptist, I have to take her word for it that this is how bars work. (laughs) She describes a bar at about 2 o'clock in the morning. And the bartender flashes the lights and makes the call and says to everyone, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. One of her refrains is, you can walk, you can crawl, you can be taken out by the law, but you will 
get out of here. Now, I thought of Deans Garland and Tucker and BJ as some folks come in for the, that, that sort of commencement conversation. And I thought of them saying, you will get out of here. You can't stay. Mark 13, verses 1 and 2. Our friend Eugene Peterson does an interesting thing in his paraphrase, the message. I want to read that to you. As he walked away from the temple, one of the disciples said, Teacher, look at that stonework. Now, when you read Peterson, you have to read Peterson with just the right accent. You know, look at that stonework. Man, look at those buildings. Lohmeyer, in his commentary on Mark, says the disciple is taking the, the point of view of an enthusiastic tourist. As I think of Lohmeyer, I'm, I'm trying to Picture him an enthusiastic, you know, an enthusiastic tourist just looking at the stuff. Peterson goes on. Jesus said, you're impressed with this grandiose architecture, huh? There's not a stone in the whole works that's going to end up, not going to end up in a heap of rubble. Whoa. Jesus can be harsh. The enthusiastic tourist, this disciple, just sort of was commenting on the architecture, and Jesus said, and it's not going to last. The disciples were so prone to think of Jerusalem as what a place to be. Indeed, we are like the disciples, prone to think of certain places in ministry as what a great place to be. When our tour got to Jerusalem, we too marveled at the antiquity and the architecture. What a great place to be. You go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and you see all the pilgrims. You see them crowded around like a Houston traffic jam. Jostling back and forth, you see the the people, you hear the sounds, you notice the ill-behaved children, the elderly pilgrims, the smoke, the candles, all of those things. And you say, wow. But you remember the words of Jesus. It's not going to stay. 
I remember when Dr. Creech first came to Truett and he, he told about one of the things that has so transformed seminary education today. He said, you know, when we went to seminary, seminary was like getting your union card. And after you got your union card, you could go out to a union church and get a job. I thought of this as sort of the other FBC, the Factory Baptist Church. You know, you get a right union card, you can get a call. But one of the great things about Truett is we no longer think that all of y'all are going to the Factory Baptist Church. One of the great things that God is doing in your lives is God's opening up all sorts of ministry options that your faculty cannot even anticipate. But sometimes we fall in love with the model that we thought ministry was going to look like. Sometimes you can so be caught up in the temple that you forget the cross. Jean-Luc Marion, in his book, God Without Being, talks about the difference between an idol and an icon. An idol, he argues, becomes the invisible mirror. Sometimes we get so caught up in our buildings and our own image of what our ministry is going to be that it becomes an invisible mirror of ourselves and it becomes such our preoccupation that we can't see beyond ourselves. It was in, it's interesting in reading Marion's book, here is a French Catholic philosophical theologian, but he was smart enough to read his, his New Testament. And he said, the opposite of this invisible mirror, this idol, is the icon. And he goes to Colossians 1.15, the icon of the invisible God. What is going on in Mark 13, 1 and 2, is Jesus on the cusp of the passion narrative is telling the disciples, indeed is telling us, you can't stay here. Do not get caught up in the invisible mirrors of a career, of an institution, and give up the icon of the invisible God. A friend of mine had a habit of when Students graduated from high school in her church. She would always buy them a cross. And on graduation Sunday, they would receive a cross from the church. And so it was May and it was time to go shopping for crosses. And she went into a jewelry store in Austin. And she said, I need 
four crosses for my graduating seniors. Well, sometimes folks in Austin, they don't get out much. And so the jeweler said to her, do you want one of the empty ones or do you want one with the little man on it? Sometimes we're so caught up in the little man that we miss the empty cross. Now, I'd have to say that I have no idea what God has in store for your ministry. But I know that those who would follow Jesus to the cross must be aware that there is no little man on that cross. It's an empty cross. And you must approach it with empty hands. So, let me say that we were glad you were here. And we as faculty will grieve when you're gone. But Jesus is bidding you in a very special voice. You don't have to go home. But Jesus is telling you, you can't stay here. 